This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Everyone, this is the other side of midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Moreno. I want to be very clear. I have very consistently stated that I think there are a lot of cuts that can be made in the New York City budget. There are a lot of agencies that can trim a lot of fat, and a lot of agencies could find a way to do more with less. That being said, I am 100% opposed to any plan that would significantly reduce the number of school crossing guards in New York City. The NYPD is getting rid of close to five hundred school crossing guards. The NYPD chief of patrol John Chell requested an 18% overall reduction from each NYPD borough command by June 2nd. That's according to the Daily News. Now, NYPD spokesperson Al Baker told the Daily News that the reductions were done by eliminating vacant positions, okay, and that there are 600 part-time vacancies in the school crossing guard position. That count was reduced by 483 positions by the quote, budgetary maneuver did not consist of layoffs given that no active positions were scrapped. The bottom line is this. We should not be looking to make cuts at the expense of children's safety and at the cost of public safety in general. We're talking about children here. We're talking about children that need to go to school each day and every day safely. It's what parents do each day. We worry about the fate of our children while we go to work to make ends meet, make sure our children are safe. And our crossing guards do exactly that job. I realize that there is a national labor shortage and that that's making it harder for lots of agencies to hire. And I appreciate that. That being said, I recognize the fact that we have not seen layoffs yet, but the crossing guards and the union that represents them is really worried that the next step in these budget cuts could be layoffs of existing crossing guards. That is absolutely unacceptable. We need, as a city, whether you're left-wing, right-wing, or somewhere in the center, to make our voices heard loudly and clearly and make sure that the powers that be at City Hall know that we want our children to be able to walk safely to school and back, and the crossing guards are an integral part of that process. Don't cut the crossing guards beam me up to be continued this episode is brought to you by shopify do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real pos you need shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory shopify pos has everything you need to sell in person go to shopify.com slash system all lowercase to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 
Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. Very, very pleased and very, very proud that we are the number one radio show in the New York area in terms of listenership in prison. And because of that, I feel a great kinship with the people that are incarcerated right now in state prisons and in federal prisons and in local county lockups as well. That's one of the reasons I was so dismayed by this new rule that the agency that runs New York prisons just put into place, which they didn't make a big deal about. It sort of slipped under everyone's noses. No one knows about this, and I have to give credit to the uh, news website nysfocus.com for bringing this to my attention because they tried to keep this totally under the radar. The agency that runs New York's prisons is set to block incarcerated writers, artists, and poets from getting their work outside prison walls. You see, last month, this agency quietly handed down new rules severely curtailing what incarcerated writers and artists can publish and forbidding them from getting paid for it. The Department of Corrections and Community Supervisions Directive, which went into effect on May 11th, establishes a stringent months-long approval process for people in its custody to publish creative work. This includes books, art, music, poetry, film scripts, all sorts of other writing. It gives prison superintendents the power to block work from publication if it violates any of a number of broad rules, including bans on mentioning the artist or author's crime and portraying the Department of Corrections and Community Supervision in a way that could, quote, jeopardize safety or security. And it stipulates that incarcerated people can't be paid for their creative work without permission. They didn't publicize this. The watchdogs didn't know about it. A lot of incarcerated people that are producing great work inside prison right now didn't know about it. And John J. Lennon, one of the people New York Focus spoke to, said this is going to make prison a black box. This is a horrible idea. For starters, some of the best-known literature in history, both positive and negative, was written from people as they were incarcerated. Martin Luther King Jr.'s Letter from Birmingham Jail, Marco Polo's Travels, Nelson Mandela's Autobiography. Writing is such an important part of the creative process, and it can be a real part of helping people to rehabilitate and get reacclimated into society. It can also be a way for certain incarcerated writers to find work once they're outside of prison. This is a horrible idea that is blatant censorship and will do nothing to improve the rehabilitation process for anyone that's currently incarcerated. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. It's no secret that we have a migrant problem. There are more people coming into this country every day. There are more people coming into this city every day. And the city, the state, has no idea. We certainly don't have the resources in terms of how to deal with them. It's very clear we don't really have very much of a strategy in terms of how to deal with them. And even though the number has been reduced a bit, there's still 3,400 people a day coming into the country. I mean, think about that. That's a million people a year that are coming in. And the Biden administration 
administration just woke up a week or two ago, maybe three weeks ago, and decided this is a problem that needed addressing. I can't imagine if it has anything to do with the upcoming election. And one of the things that the Biden administration is trying to do now is emulate the Trump administration. And they've come up with this plan, which I support 100%, to deport migrants from Venezuela back to their home country before they reach the United States. Because unless we can do something about all these asylum seekers making their way here, 3,400 a day, then this migrant problem is not going away. And yet, New Jersey's Senator Bob Menendez is here to throw cold water all over that plan. That's right. Democratic Senator from New Jersey Bob Menendez is stopping new efforts from the Biden administration to ramp up deportations of migrants migrants from Venezuela back to their home country before they reach the United States. See, it's no secret we have frosty diplomatic relations with Venezuela, and that's made it nearly impossible for the U.S. to deport Venezuelan migrants on its own. So for months, top Biden administration officials have been trying to find a way to pay Guatemala to deport more Venezuelans before they migrate into Mexico or the U.S. That's according to three sources familiar with the discussion as published in Axios. As with most changes to how federal dollars are spent, the plan relies on congressional approval. But Menendez, who, by the way, is under federal criminal investigation, he's entitled to the presumption of innocence, just like everybody else, but it's important to keep in mind. But Menendez, who chairs the powerful Senate Foreign Relations Committee refuses to green light the idea. I wonder why. If you see Bob Menendez in New Jersey or in D.C., be sure to thank him for me. Thanks, Bob. Beam me up! To be continued. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Once again, if you're in the mood for news outlets that provide great local news, I can't recommend a news publication more than The City. The City has broken story after story that you don't see in all the other New York news outlets, and this is no exception. Here's a question for you. Can blue lights help stop subway suicide attempts? Well, the MTA wants to find out. After a spate of reported incidents of people coming into contact with subway trains last year, there were 234 reported incidents, by the way, to be exact. The MTA is piloting a program to test blue lights that can have a calming effect and deter suicide attempts. The pilot program is being put to the test at two subway stations in Manhattan and one in Brooklyn, where people have been most likely to go into the tracks. That's based on guidance from health professionals. The city is not naming those stations or the lines that run on those stations, and I think that's probably a good idea. These new-look lights are being turned on in the wake of the nearly 25% increase in
in people coming into contact with trains from 2018 to 2022. That's not according to me. It's according to the MTA statistics. They follow the 2019 rollout of similar technology on the Long Island Railroad, which now has 26 stations equipped with blue platform lights. But so far, some riders weren't sure they noticed a difference. At a Brooklyn station where the lights have been installed, Will Martin, 23 years old, told the city as he sat on a bench near one of the blue lights and said he hadn't detected the change in platform lighting even after dark. Said he never noticed it. It can't hurt to try this, I guess, but I feel like it might not do much. I have no idea if this is going to work or not, but I think it's great that the NTA is trying this. I think we need to do all we can to reduce subway suicides, suicides in general, and I think uh, this could be one small part of the equation. Ultimately, we need a much more comprehensive and holistic strategy for dealing with serious mental health problems in this city. To be continued.